Hello and welcome everyone to the North Davis Podcast, where we have conversations about faith in Jesus, what's going on in our lives, the world around us, and how those things all interact. I'm your host and friendly neighborhood youth minister, Chris. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. Davis, welcome back. It is almost September 1st now, and you are finally getting episode 8 of the ND Pod. I want to apologize. It was originally an editing mistake on my part that flubbed uh, the release of episode 8, and some of the audio tracks were off. And uh, on the heels of that, between summer camp and just normal youth ministry and family things, it just really was hard to get at the editing and be able to fix that mistake and get back to podcasting. So those of you who have been listening and uh, are just getting to come back, thank you for coming back and then for listening. Moving forward, we do expect to be able to put out uh, two episodes a month for the ND Pod, and that'll be our goal uh, moving forward and looking forward certainly to recording those and getting back in the habit of creating content for you, our listeners. I do want to let you know on this podcast, as we hear about um, now departed and headed back to school, uh, former intern Taryn Miller, and this interview really is a gem, listening to it again for, uh, again, for editing purposes and getting a hold of uh, this story uh, for a second time and a third time as I've listened to it, uh, really is a great testament to the work uh, of Jesus in her life, and I'm so glad that you get to hear that quick trigger warning for whoever might need it. There is a conversation uh, that is being had towards the uh, 35 and 40 minute mark and and really the back half of the conversation that's uh, much more mature content. If you're listening with little kids, uh, you might consider listening ahead of time and making your own decision there. Uh, She will talk about her experience uh, during a period of, you might call it wandering, to use some spiritual language, in, in which she was experimenting with Uh, different substances and using them to cope with depression and feeling lonely and different things like that. Uh, She's going to talk about a suicide attempt. She's going to talk about uh, participating in hookup culture. Um, It's all done in a very mature and and honest and transparent way. Uh, But if that's content that you want to consume first before letting your kids listen, I do think it'd be immensely valuable. She talks about it in in a way that is really uh, honest again and transparent. uh, And she's able to reflect on that and, and see the way that Jesus has used that experience to uh, to bring healing and joy into her life. It's a really is a great conversation, uh, and I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> hey, North Davis, welcome back to the Indie Pod. This is episode I want to say eight. That sounds right. Uh, we're actually recording this uh, early, though, just like last week's episode with Gabe, which we recorded all of like five minutes ago. We're recording this early because we're getting ready to go to camp. So on Sunday, uh, Taryn and I, who is in the studio, also known as my office, Taryn and I will be headed with uh, Summer and with Kelby, our summer intern for children, and 44-ish other people going to Camp Glow. It's pretty exciting, y'all. We have not had a large group of people doing things together in so long. It's been exactly pandemic months since we've done anything like this, and it's exciting. Uh, So we're recording this episode ahead of time, uh, so it'll be released um, as we are at camp, because the week after GLOW, then we go to Kadish. That is the summer of youth ministry, folks. It's, oh, look, I just got back from camp. What are you going to do now? Camp. So, uh, yeah. Taryn, you are a fairly unique case, I feel like. Yeah, oh, I know. It's <laughs> a great way to start introducing you. Um, for most people that listen to our podcast, I imagine they are not crossing paths with the youth group a whole lot. So this is going to be a lot of new information about you for them. Um, unique in that, and um, th- this is kind of just, at least from my perspective, we did not find a particularly great female candidate for the youth ministry through the intern fair. And so it was like April when we sat down and had an interview. Yeah, I out to you. It was late game. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And, and, and it was very much like, you know, we talked uh, on what will be by the time it's released last week's podcast with Gabe. We talked about intern fairs, which you did not participate in. Right. 
didn't know it existed. Right. Because one of you, the unique things about your story is that you are now at Lubbock Christian, having been to several different places prior. Yes. A lot of different places. Yeah. So yeah. Give, give us that story. You started out, I want to say DBU. Yes. That was I your first place. Yeah. I graduated high school in 2017. From? Odessa High School. Odessa. That's yes, right. Yes. So not Permian, the other one. If you're familiar with Friday Night Lights, it's the loser team, low key. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I graduated in 2017 and then I went to DBU my first semester, which is Dallas Baptist University. Right. And I did one semester there, realized I could not afford college, and then moved back to Odessa, took a semester off of college, and saved up for a mission trip. And then I went on a mission trip to Ireland. Okay. And then um, decided that I wanted to go back to college, moved in with my grandparents who had just recently moved to Lubbock, went to Wayland Baptist University. And Wayland is in? Well, the main campus is in Plainview, which is like 45, 30, 45 minutes away from Lubbock. But they okay. do have a Lubbock like campus. Mm -hmm. It's only night school. It's okay. It's mainly like... I don't want to like target like older folks, but like it's, <laughs> it's the, it's, it's for professionals, working, yeah, it's, working professionals. It, yeah. It's yeah. the, it's the people who like can't work, who can't go to school during the day cause they have jobs, they have kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. and so they go to class at night, um, which worked out for me cause I got to like work and you know, I was able to pay my tuition and stuff. And so I was there for a year and then I went to Christ for the Nations Institute over in Oak Cliff. Right, right here in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. And did that for a year. Then COVID hit mm. and had to move back to Lubbock. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to finish my degree and I'm going to go to LCU. Yeah. So. So this past fall of 20 was your first semester there, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, some of you listening may remember that Hope, our summer intern from the previous two summers, uh, was also an LCU, now grad. But uh, I think through our conversations, y'all haven't crossed paths either. No, which, I have. I do not know. Yeah, her. it makes sense with it being your first year. And like I said, she she just graduated. Her and her now husband um, finished up their schooling, and, and she works out there now in youth wow. ministry. Um, one of the other things that was kind of unique uh, about your story, and again, we uh, connected kind of late game as far as hiring yeah. interns. We just, uh, from from my perspective, we just hadn't found a particularly uh, good fit. Um, and so we're still scrambling. Uh, was very comfortable of the idea of doing a summer with just one intern, but it's not our goal, uh, especially in light of uh, us having a baby now, which means Sarah's not as available to the young ladies, especially. So I would have liked to have had a female intern, but I was kind of getting used to the idea of maybe we wouldn't have one. Uh, and then summer maybe reached out. I don't remember uh, what the original connection was. It was actually, so I was talking to my small group leader. We have small groups on Fridays. Um, just, I don't know why, but we have small groups on Fridays at LCU. And um, I was talking to my small group professor after our small group session um, outside of the Bible professor's like offices, like uh -huh. outside of that office. And I was like, I didn't know that I was it was highly suggested to do an internship. Um, <laughs> right. So First this is all new program, to me. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, it's kind of late. And I was like, yeah, you know, but I, I would like to stay in Lubbock if possible. And he was like, well, all of them are like pretty much taken. And I right. was like, okay, that's fine. And then, uh, one of the, one of the ladies in the office, like peeked her head out of the corner and was like, I know, a children's minister in Dallas, mm -hmm. which would be Summer, who um, their church is looking for a female intern. And, you know, if you're interested in, like, spending your summer in Arlington, then you can reach out to them. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, and Kelby was Let's in give it a whirl. Kelby was in some of my – she was in my New Testament class this semester. And so – Yeah, so did you know when she mentioned North Davis, did you know already that that was a connection that had been made? No, I did not. She just said that um, – she was like, I think somebody in your class mm. is yeah. is an intern there. And I was like, oh, like, who is it? And she's like, Kelby. And I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah, yeah. like, cool. Yeah, so Kelby, our children's ministry intern, uh, is a – she just finished her freshman year? Yeah, there? she's a freshman. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. going into sophomore year. Yeah. Yes. Right. Very cool. Um, 
yeah, so 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 bouncing around a few different schools because of COVID finances, everything else. Yeah, um, which probably is more common than I'm giving it credit for, honestly. Yeah, and honestly, just trying to figure out what I want to do. Like, right. I have no idea. Right. Adulting is all hard. of those though. So Dallas Baptist, of course, um, Wayland Baptist, yeah. Christ for the Nations Institute, you mentioned mm-hmm. like so all Christian schools and yes. organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a priority for you. Yes. Um, yeah, I, and yeah, I like wasn't raised in the church. And so whenever I did start going to church in high school, um, I had kind of decided that like, I wanted to make it a priority to, um, have like a better relationship with God. And I figured like the only way to like do that was to make sure I was like surrounding myself with like good, like Christian mentors and like people with like similar interests and things like that and like having like a structured routine that involved Mm -hmm. like you know being a christian you know like you know your chapels and stuff like that was just like being like like having a routine and making sure that i was like making it a priority Mm because it was really hard for me to do that in high school and so i was like i need to get into like i need to have somewhere that i have a routine to go into so quick side trail side track side line side rabbit trail side note rabbit trail all of those. One of them. <laughs> on the chapel note, as somebody who went to a Christian school as well. Um, so you, you mentioned not raised in the church, came to Christ um, as a teenager in high school. Is that what yeah, you said? it was my summer after my sophomore year. Okay. And, and I look forward to digging into that more here in a little bit. Um, but as somebody not raised in the church, I feel like so many of the people at school found chapel especially to be like oppressive and you're talking about you wanted Mm -hmm. that christian rhythms and to surround yourself with christian people mentors did you find the structure and the uh, expectations surrounding things like chapel credits to be uh, oppressive to be helpful what was your what was your experience and and covid may have even affected those things and made them more or less interesting i don't know yeah so starting out like at dbu um wayland we didn't have chapel because um obviously it was like a smaller like night school so um but at dbu we did have to have chapel credits and so um like we had to go monday monday wednesday friday mornings um and honestly i found it kind of annoying (laughs) at (laughs) first just because like i was like oh like i'm being forced to go do this and Mm -hmm, i don't mm -hmm. want to be forced to have to like go and like worship you know like which later became like a discipline that i've like gotten really used to which Mm. i'm actually thankful for but i did not like it at first and then of course like wayland we didn't have chapel and then um lcu we now have chapel credits because of covid we have restrictions and so we can only go like one day a week yeah so you have to get less than you normally would yes which is absolutely fine with me because (laughs) i imagine that's true of most people (laughs) yeah it's because like um like having that just like that one time of chapel you know like i don't live on campus and Mm -hmm. so it's like oh my gosh like i have to get up and then go like 45 minutes earlier to campus than like what i normally do so i can go to chapel and get these credits or i'm gonna have to pay a fee and I think I they would fine you. If you yes. Don't yeah. Okay. If you do not there get like so many chapel <laughs> credits, they fine you, okay. which is a huge insensitive to like have to go to chapel. Um, I wonder if we could institute that at the church level. Uh, like you haven't been here for two months. So $200 fine. To yeah. <laughs> paying your dues, paying your <laughs> tithes and offerings. It's yeah. <laughs> um, an interesting idea. Yeah, but and then like over at Christ for the Nations Institute, like we had chapel every single morning and it was still mandatory. Yes, it was mandatory. You still have to have like your chapel credits, you know, Mm. Um, but it was so much different than what I've experienced at LCU and then what I experienced at DBU. Mm -hmm. Um, Just it's like completely different style of worship and it's it's an hour of worship. And it's honestly like that's where I started to learn my discipline in worship. Mm. And it was just like having like starting your day off with just like worshiping like your creator and just, you know, and it honestly is such a good way to start your day. Yeah. <laughs> you you know? use that word twice discipline in relation to chapel and, and, and now worship. Is that how you've grown to see it is, is as a, as a routine to, um, that's worth instilling to, to yeah. start the day like that. What? Yeah, for sure. Cause I mean like, I think worship is like a super important part of like uh, being a Christian. Like, you know, that is like 
saying your like thank like thank you like just like worshiping like somebody who does so much for me on the daily and like so like someone who's brought me out of like so much like pain and suffering and stuff like that and um it's just like taking that time to take like the attention off myself and like put it on God but making it like like a discipline because like I'm I tend to be very like um uh, like self, I, w- I wouldn't say self-centered, but like, I tend to like focus on like myself a little bit more. Like I'm, I imagine we you know, like, yeah, I think, <laughs> you know, um, but it's, it's really, it's really like nice to be able to just like, you know, for us, for just a little while to like stop thinking about like whatever I'm going through and like yeah. things that are like pressing on my mind and just like taking that attention off and just focusing on God and like yeah. who he is, what he has done, what he will do and just going through mm-hmm. like, instead of mm-hmm. making it like going through the motions kind of thing, it's like a, I do this because I am so thankful. Like worship is a reaction to everything God's done, not just like an action that I'm forced to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good perspective because I, I feel like, discipline is a word that I think for most people, they just think of like getting a spanking or Mm -hmm. losing Snapchat or having their phone taken away. Like, you know, for any teens that are listening, like they think of consequences that are negative versus, you know, there's, there's a book on my bookshelf, uh, Dallas Willard spirit of the disciplines. I don't know if you're Mm -hmm. familiar with that text. Um, I don't feel like we spend a lot of time in Christian circles anymore talking about discipline. Yeah. Doing something, as a practice, as a habit for the mm-hmm. sake of creating sacred rhythms. Yeah. You know, and kind of what I hear you saying is doing it as a discipline leads me to eventually to a place where it's, it's habitual and it's beneficial for me. Yeah. To- and I, I've grown to like look at worship as like being something that's super beneficial. Cause when you worship, you tend to have more of like a, a thankful posture, like a thankful heart. And so whenever you have a thankful heart, there's no room to like invite bitterness or like any kind of like negative, like feelings, like your vibe, your vibe is always like good. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, it's like good vibes only, but like, yeah. you know, and then even when it is like, like hard to worship or like, I'm like, Oh, like, you know, like, I'm behind on my rant. I don't want to worship God mm, today. You yeah. know, like whenever things are hard, it's like, I don't really want to worship. But then I think about like, you know, like I, like this is something that I get to do. Like worshiping like God is like an honor that I have. And like, it's yeah. something that like, it's, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. And like, I yeah. love worship. I love to just worship like, you know, in my car and stuff, you know, right. um, yesterday I made a comment of like, it, you have to be careful worshiping in your car because if you're not like, you'll meet Jesus sooner than like you intend to. <laughs> yes. And you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure your eyes are open in the car. <laughs> right. Yeah. I imagine like when you pull up to a red light and you see people like jamming out in their car, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm picturing. And people like, you know, you can't raise both your hands to the Lord uh, when you're driving. Um, <laughs> you can definitely scream and like, yeah. yell. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've watched people, you know, and like some people get really into, I, I imagine it's not usually worship music. Like when you <laughs> actually see people physically moving in their car yeah. um, or like shaking their vehicle, it's not typically to, you know, worship, but, um, some people really get into it. So yeah, more, more power to them. You mentioned earlier that you came to Christ later in life, not mm-hmm. so much being raised in a Christian household. Yeah. Um, you've mentioned that several times and mm-hmm. uh, it's such an interesting thing to get to know somebody who has had that experience because it's so different than my own and it's so different than I figure most people's story as far as church goes. So certainly you don't have to share anything you're not comfortable with, but give us a little bit of that background and, and how you came to know Jesus. Um, and again, such a different story than, than so many of us raised in the church. Yeah. Um, so we, or I, um, I really wasn't like raised, like I really wasn't raised in the church, like, uh, in more of like a traditional sense. Like, I think my mom like always tried to like make sure that we knew who Jesus was, (laughs) but it was more of like, oh, like let's go to this church service, um, on Easter Sunday or like christmas you know um, have you heard the term ceo christians no i have not in in ministry we joke about people that are ceo christians because ceo like in the business world like that's a really impressive yeah. term but ceo christians are christmas easter only 
Oh. So <laughs> we, we, we refer to them as people that aren't, you know, really bought in fully. So. Yeah. So that's what you're describing, yeah. right? It's like, pretty yeah, much. Jesus um, is good. Let's go twice a year. My mom uh, had remarried my uh, my step my stepdad, and so at the time um, we were going to a church or his family's church, and um, we so we would go like every now and then. You know, I'd go and sit in like daycare. I was too young, obviously, to know or anything. And mm-hmm. then, so we went maybe three, four times, like in total, like while they were still together. Okay. And then they divorced, and so we stopped going. And mm-hmm. so it was just me, my mom, and my brother. And um, older, younger, younger, okay. yeah. And then, <laughs> funny story, actually, um, like two years later, maybe my mom put us in a Mormon church. So Whoa. we became part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> yeah, which was super interesting, very different. And I'll so bet. we were part of um, like that for probably like a year maybe. Um, and then my mom took us out and was like, yeah, this this isn't what we wanted. Okay. <laughs> and so, it, again, like back to not going to church or anything like that, I ended up moving in with my grandparents Uh it was actually a breakup that got me to go to church. So my first ever breakup um, inspired my neighbor to ask me to go to church because I was just like super depressed and like really sad. Interesting. And so he was like, you know what? Like you got to get out of the house. Like neighbor close to your age. Yeah. Like a, okay, we were so the same age. He, he went to Permian. I went to OHS. And so, oh. but we were like neighbors. And so he right. was like, you got to, you got to chill. Like yeah. <laughs> you're crying all the time. Did you have enough of a relationship with that neighbor that it wasn't like weird for him to notice that you were? Oh yeah. No, we were, down? we were pretty close. Like okay, we hung so out. You already yeah. yeah. Like we hung out quite often and he would have his church friends over and like, you know, they would just like hang out and they would invite me to hang out and I'd be like, eh, right on. whatever. Yeah. Like I'm okay. Yeah. Um, just like not your people or not really. And I think it's because like, uh, whenever, if you know anything about like Odessa, OHS and Permian, you know, are rivals. And so, and then me like looking at a bunch of like Permian people coming over, like I didn't really like Permian at the time. Yeah, Yeah, they were kind of like, you know, like these are the snobby kids of Odessa. And I was like, I'm not a part of that. So I don't want to go. People get that because depending on which high school you go to, you have a reputation. Yeah. 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 It kind of, kind of sucks. Little, you know, a little high schooly, little immature, but it's okay. Here we are. But he notices that you're really down after a breakup going through a a situational depression type deal. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, come to church. Do you remember how that conversation went? Uh, I <laughs> like what words he, I'm just trying to imagine like we have an so we opportunity were... to learn from a true evangelical here. Like, <laughs> how did he it actually wasn't really that it? it was like, whatever kind of, it was, I remember like my boyfriend breaking up with me at the time and I called him and he was on his way back him from boyfriend church or him friend. Uh, I called my friend neighbor. Okay. Yes. Neighbor friend. Yes. And they were actually on their way back from church camp. Um, and so I called him and I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, like he broke up with me. Like, I'm so sad and everything. And he was like, okay, well, like I'll be back soon. You know, we can talk about it then. And then he got back and was like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Said as, every <laughs> 15 to 18 year old guy ever dealing with anybody's emotions. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. Ever. <laughs> uh... I don't know. I'm sorry you're sad. Yeah. Yeah. So he was no help. Yeah. And so, I mean, he tried his best, you know, to like include me, like (laughs) invite me over and like (laughs) hang out with me and stuff. Um, But one morning he was like, hey, like come over. Like my mom made pancakes, you know, and one of his um, like football buddies was over who went to the same church. And uh, we went over and we had these like ginormous pancakes that had like everything he it was kind of like like everything in the kitchen sink everything but the kitchen sink like ice cream kind of thing but with pancakes and so there was just like a whole bunch of candy like mixed in with the pancakes Mm -hmm. they were so good like uh i imagine like elf like that kind of meal yeah it's like candy corns candy canes yes everything just everything is lots of chocolate lots of like m&ms whipped cream on top chocolate syrup all <laughs> so good pancakes. yeah <laughs> but 
but I always think about those pancakes and I'm like, if I would not have eaten those pancakes, Ghana would have eaten those pancakes, I wouldn't have been invited to church, mm. you know, probably. Well, I probably would have been, but you know. So you're like, eating pancakes and then Jesus comes up or? Yeah. And then they were just what? like, um, you know, like we have youth group tonight. Like mm. if you're down yeah. to go, um, it's summer. So like, we're not talking about like jesus really um <laughs> it's summer so you know we're just hanging <laughs> we, we actually they were watching the lego movie that night the lego movie had just come out That's fantastic. and so we watched the lego movie and i you know i got to know like some of the people in the youth group and yeah. um they were actually nice they weren't snobby rich kids that i thought they oh, were um yeah i know crazy <laughs> that you know my ideas about people would be wrong yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it never happens to any of us you know we're always correctly judging people yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) um but no and then they were great and so uh i just started going and i went on my own uh i had my car at the time i had just gotten my license and stuff so i drove myself to church um went by myself and just tried to learn about jesus the best i could by myself so how long between pancakes and that first invite and going until you you know, different people have different ways of kind of coming to Christ. Some mm-hmm. people feel like they have that magical conversion moment, you know, where yeah. it's like just like a light switch. It, it flips on and you, you feel the love of God in a brand new way. Um, was it was it like that? Was it a gradual experience? Like, w- what do you think of as your coming to Christ or Christ coming to you? Kind yeah, of moment. it was definitely a Christ coming to me thing. Um, cause it was super gradual. Okay. Um, I remember like going and like it being kind of like, I definitely remember like the first like sermon thing that we talked about when like, you know, the school year started to kick back up and we were going into normal youth group times. Um, and it was about guarding your heart. And, um, at that time, like I, that was like the first thing that I remembered, like learning, like biblical, like principle, I guess, was to guard your heart just because like I am such like an emotional person and I wear my heart on my sleeve quite often. So I've been told. Um, and, and so like hearing that message and then like having like the picture of like, like God holding like my little fragile heart, like in his hands, um, that's when it started to become more real to me, I think. Um, just because like, I was like, oh, like old JC like cares about me, you know, <laughs> cool. Like he's not some dude looking down as mm. I've been told. Cause like, you know, like in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, <laughs> they don't really have that like outlook on Jesus. So, mm. um, and then I was too young to really know who Jesus was when I was at the very first church I went to. Right. So I had no concept. And so hearing about this, like God who really cares about me and isn't just like somebody looking down at me. Yeah. Um, was like super different and it was like super cool to like hear that and it was like very comforting and so then I started to like go and then obviously you know like church camp is like an amazing experience for high school students uh, apparently so I've heard yes we call them mountaintop experiences a lot of times. yeah it's um we called it Jesus high Jesus high yes I've heard that yeah, yeah. um and so you know I'd have my little camp mm-hmm. moments loved going to camp it was great um had my little Jesus high moments and was like I'm gonna come back and change the world um <laughs> and then a week later yeah <laughs> a week later I was like doing whatever I was doing beforehand right um but at the time, like in high school, like I was really only going to church because I had a crush on a guy, to be honest. <laughs> I think most of us have been there at one point. Yeah. Um, cute, but cute I had girl, like this. cute boy. Somebody's got a story yep. somewhere. <laughs> Changing youth groups for romance. Yeah. But like it kept me going to church, you know, like, and yeah, I was like, listen, <laughs> I was listening to this. I was listening to like my youth pastor, like talk to us. And I was like taking in some of the information. Sure. Um, but the only reason I was really there was to like hopefully have this like boy like me right <laughs> it's like oh she goes to church i go to church yeah there's an ulterior motive we're getting married <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah obviously um, that's how it works yeah and then so i decided to go to dbu because you know i was like you know i actually do want to take this seriously um still didn't really take it seriously mm. um moved back to odessa like i was saying uh got into a lot of trouble actually um just like you know, hanging around the wrong people, getting in the wrong, like getting into the wrong things. Um, a lot of like heartbreak and like more stuff involved with that. And then, um, finding 
ways to like fill those like empty voids and things like that like i was very into like partying and like like just a lot of really bad things and so i was just you know kind of like on my own again sort of it was kind of like i was like well like i tried the jesus thing didn't work Mm. so i'm it's not worth it i guess um and then ended up going to Christ for the nations. Um, and I think that's where, so not even like two years ago, I guess was when I finally, it finally clicked that like, yeah, from talking to you, you make it sound like there was something transcendent. Maybe is the word yeah. you use that, ha- mm-hmm. that you feel like happened there. Um, so what I don't was think it? it was like all of like in a moment. Um, but it was just like lots of little moments mm-hmm. of like God revealing himself to me as like a father and then God revealing himself to me as a friend and then mm-hmm. God revealing himself to me as my first love and just like all of these different attributes of who God was and then like putting them together and realizing that like he's like a full picture. He's like everything I could want mm-hmm. and everything I've been lacking yeah, all in wow. one thing. And so like it was like this is what I've been missing. Like while I've been like filling like all of these little holes with people or like, you know, like, like drugs or alcohol or whatever I was doing like Mm -hmm. in high school and then up to going to CFNI. Um, like I finally had something that was solid and that was like steady. And so having like coming to that realization, I was like, like, this is, this is what I want to do. And so this is where I'm going to stay. Yeah. It's so interesting. You know, I, I certainly no parent who loves their child, which pretty much you know all of us do, of course, would ever wish upon their child to walk the road of suffering and mm-hmm. loneliness and um, ultimately uh, emptiness. If I can yeah. use that word, mm-hmm. I feel like to to describe your. Uh, season of, you know, you talked about, you know, searching for things to fill the, the void, the emptiness, you know, I don't think anybody would wish that on somebody they Mm -hmm. cared about. Um, but I I would love to hear you just kind of offer a little reflection on how you think of that time now being a couple years removed from it, feeling like finding sufficiency in God and, and and a place to rest, um, talked about God being the whole picture mm-hmm. you know how do you reflect on it on a time where you were um, trying all these other things that yeah. to, to fill the, the void in your life all the things that we hope that our loved ones never go through but mm-hmm. having walked that road for a time um, how do you think of that part of your journey and where do you see um, God in that rearview mirror yeah I mean like I think looking back at it now, I realized that, you know, whenever you are in the, um, whenever you are stuck in like this, what I call like a, my rebellion phase of (laughs) like, um, you know, trying all of these substances and like going to parties and like, you know, having like, like being part of like the hookup culture and stuff like that, you realize that like all of these things that you're searching for are only like temporary. Mm. And so you just get that like little temporary fix or the temporary high or whatever. And so, and soon it's just going to like go away and then you have to do it again. You have to find the next thing. And so I look at it, I look back now and just realize that like I was trying to fill something that like couldn't be filled yeah sort of like uh the the bucket had a hole in the bottom yeah and like no there's like a philosopher i don't know what philosopher it is um but he was like he actually is an atheist and he was like saying like we all are like born with like a god-shaped hole in our heart Mm. yeah and so you know you take like an uh like a like an alcohol bottle and you try to shove it in that hole but of course it's not going to fit because it's not Mm god-shaped you know you whatever it is that you're like doing um it's not gonna fill there's always gonna be like little nooks and crannies where like the emptiness and the loneliness and the depression and the anxiety can like seep through yeah and so um i look back now and i I realized like that's like that's what i was missing was the fact that i thought i was like doing all these things and it was like helping but Mm -hmm. it was only making it worse um and then there was something else i was gonna say but i forgot 
That's what okay. it was. Hopefully it'll come back to you. Um, yeah, and you were asking about how, like, where I saw God, like, show up in those times. Right. Um, and, like, obviously looking back, I was, like, I was like, well, why didn't this work out? Or why didn't this happen? But mm. it was obviously God. Um, definitely, like, in my battle with, like, you know, depression and anxiety, I, like, and I don't know if this would be triggering to anybody in the, you know, audience listening. <laughs> um, but, like, I did, like, try to take my life. And mm. so um, not having that, like, work work out the way that like I thought I wanted it to and having like you know God like save me from that and like not not have me obviously lose my life that's obviously a big place where I see God like you know it's Mm -hmm. like it was like Mm -hmm. you know this wasn't like supposed to happen to you and like you have so much to like look forward to that like I'm not letting this like work out yeah you know and then obviously like there's so many like relationships and friendships that I've lost along the way that I was so upset about losing um at the time, but I look back now and I'm like, well, like that person like wouldn't have like benefited me where I am now. And like that person like wasn't really directing me into a path of like following God. It was more the other direction. And so those are just like a few places where like I look back now and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's where God was. So when I didn't think that I knew who he was or anything, like he was obviously there. So can I ask, and this is just my curiosity and wanting to put kind of dates to everything. Mm -hmm. Um, where you talked about that unsuccessful suicide attempt mm-hmm. where in the calendar does it fall related to going to see if an eye and kind of having this uh, discovery of a, of a god that was very real yeah that was actually in middle school um oh wow yeah okay, so you've had a <laughs> lifetime worth yeah you, you're you in many I, ways you have yeah. not known a life without the anxiety and the depression, the depression and stuff yeah. yeah it's i i literally cannot like i think about it kind of often i cannot like mm. look back and like pinpoint like where it started or sure. like what would have triggered it or something it's just kind of something that i've always it's like just always been your reality there yeah. yeah um it was yeah it was my eighth grade okay. year i think yeah. um and I like nobody knew like, mm. I didn't tell anyone yeah it was just kind of like oh didn't work don't want to tell anyone <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> like there's a sense of shame around yeah it. um and so I continued just to battle with like my like depression and like self-harm and everything like that up yeah. until like n- for about another like year year and a half mm-hmm. probably and then I finally um came to my grandparents and I was like, Hey, like, like it was kind of starting to get where I was like, I was like starting to get back to the point of like, I'm like about to like try again. Like Mm. if I don't get help. And so I went to my grandparents and I was like, Hey, like, like I'm struggling. Like I, like I'm hurting. And so they put me in therapy. Um, and honestly it didn't really help much (laughs) at the time. Um, so I did end up getting out. Um, and then around this time was when I got my first boyfriend and then that leads back up into like, we broke up and then I went to church. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's such an interesting story. And again, I I so appreciate your, your transparency and being willing to share. Vulnerability is great. It, It really is. And, and I think especially in this day and time we live in, in which, we have become so much more aware of the, um, uh, I want to use the right word, commonplace mm-hmm. um, reality that, that depression is, that so many yeah. people deal with, mm-hmm. um, be it clinical, be it situational, you yeah. know, uh, related to a specific event or just um, a, a chemical imbalance in the brain. Whatever. We're so much more aware as a society. Um, what would you want to say to... Um, could be a teenager, could be uh, a listener, could be, you know, anybody. Uh, What would you want to say as it relates to a person that has experienced that reality for much, most of your life, Mm -hmm. has come to know Christ and experienced real and authentic divine love, Mm -hmm. but also still, you know, I've heard you talk about, you know, anxiety and, and, and mental health. Um, how do you see those things fitting together? Because um, uh, I think the, the message that I would never want to share with somebody is that uh, come to Jesus because he'll fix you and take yeah. away all your problems instantly. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, like, I was thinking about that when you were asking about, like, you know, where I was, like, the timeline of everything. And it's kind of like I never want to, like, 
I never want to like stand up in front of a class or like on a stage or something like that and be like, I have everything completely figured out mm, and yeah. I am completely perfect. and I am completely okay. And God fixed everything. Cause it, it's just, it's not true. And like, you know, yeah. with like depression and anxiety and like any kind of mental health issue that you struggle with, like it's something like in your brain, it's like a chemical imbalance. And so it's not necessarily something that can just be like fixed like that. Right. Um, it takes time and it's a process. Same with like getting over like a sin struggle or a temptation or something like it's yeah. not going to just like change. It can. I totally believe that like mm -hmm. miracles happen and mm -hmm. things like that. But um, it, y for the most part, it's not something that just like changes like overnight. And right. so you have to really be patient and go through the healing process and just trust that like you're going to come out on top. And um I think one of like the biggest things like about like a semester ago, I was diagnosed with BPD, which is borderline personality disorder mm -hmm. and which is a very clear sign of where the depression and the anxiety fall in and sure. like why I like kind of like have those like triggers and like things like that. And so uh, I once I got that that like diagnosis, it kind of like set me back a little bit mm -hmm. and I definitely had like a huge like point of like relapse just because like it was like, oh, like, oh, my gosh, like I'm. I'm like messed up and like mm, I have like all of yeah. these issues going on and it was like really overwhelming for me to like kind of take in. Um, but once like I think like I got to like the end of like my spiral kind of, um, I was like, okay, I've been here before. Like I've been at rock bottom before yeah. and I know that I can get out again, but I have to do it like with God this time. And mm. so it was like at that time, like I just like sat on my floor and I just like, just cried out to God. And I was like, I like, like Holy spirit, like please intervene in this like mm -hmm. mental illness that I have and show me like where my triggers are. Show me how to like overcome, like when I'm having like a panic attack or things like that. And so, and it's really crazy. Like, cause I, Holy spirit is kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, it's like you have like a door, you know, like you have like your pizza delivery guy, okay. you know, and he comes and he's knocking, but you're not going to invite your pizza delivery guy in, you know, you just, sure. you, know, you uh, get like, you get your pizza and then you take the pizza inside. Okay. <laughs> I'm so curious where this metaphor is going. <laughs> um, I actually don't know either. <laughs> <But> <laughs> this is like, is, this is how my is, brain is going. Is the Holy Spirit pizza? <laughs> that, very similar. Pizza's good for the soul. And well, so is the Holy Spirit. Preach. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're not usually going to invite like a, you know, a, a pizza guy. In. I don't. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, but like when Holy Spirit comes in, like knocks at your door, like, y like he's not going to force his way like in, like mm. he's not going to force mm. his way into your door. Like he respects that. Like, this is like, you know, your, your kind of like your sanctuary, like your house. Mm. But yeah. when you invite him in, that's when things can change. And like, that's when things like start to like go it's like an interior designer like <laughs> okay okay holy spirit is an interior designer yeah, it's and like evolving. It's once good. you once you invite him in you know he can tell you like oh like the couch would look better here or like oh you should get these lights here you know yeah and like and he kind of just like pinpoints these little things and like right. obviously like he's not gonna like do something that like you haven't invited him into mm. like oh uh, saying that i've always loved is like you know god can't help fix like what you pretend to be and so, like, if you're pretending to be okay and you're True. pretending to have everything, like, all figured out, like, you're hiding, like, anything that's, like, bothering you. And, like, God can't, God can't fix that. Like, God can't get inside those dark parts. And, like, you know, like, he could. But, like, yeah, he course. wants the relationship. He wants to have that right. invitation to, like, help you out. And so, when I invited, yeah, you know, God. Yeah, God's not an invader. He's not yeah. kicking any doors down. For, no. And, like, because, yeah. like, like he like he wants that relationship like it's not like we're not like robots you know right, right. so like free will cool it's great you know right. but like whenever you are able to like invite him in and like have that like relationship like because that's all that he wants and so whenever you invite him in like there's that opportunity to grow mm -hmm. in relationship with god and so um once i invited like god into like my my mental health issues and like what I was going through, like that's when things started to change. And again, like I still like, you know, have my moments of like depression. I still have my moment, like my panic attacks and, you know, like I still get down and like sometimes like my BPD brain like takes over and it's like really hard for me to like come out of that. But it's been so much easier to handle with God. Um, I can't remember. There's like a, 
there's like a quote or something that like I've, I've also heard before and it was just kind of like, um, like with God, like with God, like we can't promise that the storm is not going to come, but we can like, pro- like, but God promises that he's going to be with us like there. Yeah. So, I've heard said another way, uh, maybe not exactly what you're thinking of, but similar, um, you know, thinking of Jesus on the boat with the disciples, right. And he calms the storm. And so there's this kind of idea. Yeah. Where, you know, sometimes, God lets the storm rage while he quiets the child mm-hmm. instead of quieting the storm. Yeah, you know, that, there's a better way to say one. that. Yeah. But like, you know, s- instead of calming the storm, sometimes God c- calms us yeah. in the boat mm-hmm. um, and the storm rage. You know, kind of your your interior designer metaphor, right? Like your house is still your house. Like mm-hmm. this this body, this brain that you mm-hmm. have, that's the one that you were given. Yeah. And so the cracks, you know, in the foundation that exists, like the interior designer is not there to to take those away, mm-hmm. even though we fully believe God could perform the miracle of removing that yeah. from our lives. Just like we do when we talk to somebody who's diagnosed with a disease or with cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could God miraculously heal this person? Um, of course we believe yeah. in that. Uh, but the bottom line is statistically speaking, at least most of the time he doesn't. Yeah. And so what does it mean to be in relationship with a God who, mm-hmm. uh, we invite into our brokenness, you mm-hmm. know, and to God do with me what you will in the yeah. middle of this reality. Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's, it's such a powerful story. I, like, like I said, I, your story and your kind of background is so uh, unique. I think for, for most of us, I just, just want to like side note, like you saying unique really speaks to my like Enneagram four mentality oh, in a good way like, or a bad way yeah great way because oh, okay. i'm just like yes i'm unique i stand out Woo. yeah well and, <laughs> you know i, I think uh, you know i said it earlier that that you know as a society um and church included uh, we we are growing in awareness of mental health mm-hmm. and its intersection with faith um and with like total body health right like mind body spirit etc yes um we're growing in awareness of that and yet there are still so many more doors to open in terms of being able to talk about mental health and faith because we probably still are living in a world where, um, you know, we've, we've made fun of, uh, as many people do, the prosperity gospel, you know, yeah. around here. And, and because there's no shortage of churches and church leaders in our, just speaking of our country, um, who would say that to not be healed of your um, anxiety or what have you, Uh, would be demonstrating a lack of faith, you know? And so there's still those negative stigmas surrounding these things. And so I, part of the uniqueness of you is also the the willingness to be transparent about those Mm -hmm. things. And there is such um, transformational power when we're authentic. Yeah. You know, that's something I, I truly believe in. You know, authenticity is... Um, or, or, or the lack of authenticity is such a barrier to relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you said God, God's not going to fix what you're pretending to be. Yeah. You know, so authenticity um, requires openness, right? Uh, when sin enters the world, like Adam and Eve immediately seek to clothe themselves because yeah. they realize they're naked. Like the first thing that happens when sin enters the world in scripture is they become concerned with themselves and they want to cover up and not be transparent yeah. with each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, Every time we want to not tell the truth about our past or our reality or our pain or whatever, mm-hmm. we are putting up some barrier to relationship with somebody else. Yeah. And I think it's just like whenever, whenever you're like, I mean, obviously like there are some things that like you have to heal from before you can speak about and like you have to like get to that point Definitely. of being able to. But one thing that like I've learned, cause like I like. I've all, I used to like deal with like so much shame. Like that was kind of where like, you know, the enemy would attack me was like, Oh, like, you know, this is, this is your story, you know, like you can't do anything about it. And like, it mm-hmm. made me feel like, this is your identity. So is yeah, broken. it made me feel so shameful and everything. But like, as I've like learned like who God is and like, I've started to uncover like my identity in Christ and you know, that's still an ongoing thing. Um, just from like with, you know, everything I've been through in the past, like with my identity, I placed my identity in literally anything but God. Mm. And so learning to like place my identity in Christ has been like a journey in itself. Um, and I'm still like going through that, but whenever I've learned that, like 
whenever we start to like hide parts of our story and who we are like we're kind of like belittling like the power of like jesus christ and we're Mm. like belittling like the like all of the things like god has like done like in my life and so i think that like by not telling people or being open or transparent about like who i am and like where i've come from and like these sin things that i've done and like the feelings that i faced like it's almost like discrediting like who god is Mm. and like the power that he has and so like i i love the idea of authenticity i love vulnerability like anytime someone's like yeah like my you know my story like has it like i'm just like yes like glorify (laughs) god like you know like please like speak your truth and like like talk about it scriptural too right like paul talking about like you know this this is a trustworthy saying like he talks about um, being a sinner, uh, of whom I am the chief, right? He calls us, mm-hmm. like, chief of sinner. Basically, Paul is like, I'm the worst, right? Yeah. And, and, and he talks about reveling in his weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And, like, because I am, when I am weak, he is strong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my grace is sufficient for you. My yeah. power made perfect in weakness. Like, I feel like that's, like, you're articulating the gospel in a way that we as a society may have lost sight of to some degree, Mm -hmm. which is, go ahead. No, I I was just going to say just like, you know, it's, you know, also like a testament to like, you know, what God does is not so like we can boast about like, where we like where we are like I can't right. I literally you didn't cannot dig be yourself like, out of your own hole. yeah like yeah. I literally cannot say like yeah I I saved myself from whenever I tried to attempt suicide right, I just figured that it out was finally. that was God yeah <laughs> obviously like there's n- there's no way that I can take credit for that right. and so you know back to you know like he's his power is made perfect in our weakness and so yeah it's super cool yeah <laughs> well, yeah and I think sometimes we can get into the trap of again talking about kind of that that difference between people raised in the church versus somebody like yourself that's not really mm-hmm. sometimes for us church folks we get caught and i'm very much like this uh, my brain tends to think in black and white you're 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 you either agree with me or you're wrong and uh, yeah. like you know uh, it's so easy like i would have looked at somebody like you in high school and i would have judged them so hard like i was such a mm-hmm. judgy person i still lean that way i have to really work hard against that um propensity because so much of church going and being a Christian has become a list of do's and don'ts. Mm -hmm. And when you're raised in the church, the expectation is that you like definitely know that you never stray. Don't hang out with people that don't abide by those rules Mm -hmm. and wear the right, you know, amount of clothing and, um, don't do anything or smoke anything or drink anything, you know, and certainly there are reasons to have good rules in place. And God is not a God who says there are no boundaries, there are no rules, but um, to have balance and, and to say, mm-hmm. um, yes, there are good guidelines and, and rules that God has in place that we think bring about flourishing for humans, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like be faithful to your spouse, for example. Um, but at the same time, to celebrate recovery from sin, you know, God's recovering us um, instead of thinking about how you know how much we can't wait to tell that person they're going to hell for all the bad things they did you know (laughs) we just have such a bad reputation i think as a church for being very judgmental yeah you know i've heard it said that church is the only group that shoots its wounded Mm -hmm. you know we we tend to pile on people when we think they should know better yeah you know um and that brings about a shame response to kind of to your point which it's not good. Um, well, let's find a good stopping point here. We've been getting to know you for almost an hour, which is uh, really cool. And, and I, again, so appreciate Can't you. Can't believe it was an hour. I know. It's the fun thing about recording these podcasts is you just kind of get to talking and you, as long as you remember that you're holding a microphone and don't drop it on the floor, you kind of just end yeah. up having a conversation and letting it roll, which is cool. Um, but specific to talking to you and, and Gabe last week, I wanted to kind of finish with a youth ministry perspective question. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, as you have uh, settled on a youth advice ministry degree at mm-hmm. Lubbock Christian, uh, you talked you know, early on about college and not sure what you wanted to do and everything, but now you feel called in this direction. So um, just kind of land this conversation there. Um, why youth ministry? Why do you want to pursue a, a career in youth ministry, at least for the near future? Um, what kind of led you 
yeah uh, to this place so i started out as a elementary like major so mm-hmm. ec through six i was going to be a teacher yeah elementary and ed. teach teach the little teach the little babies okay. um that that was not a smart move. I realized that I don't have <laughs> enough patience for um, the little ones as okay. I had hoped to. Sure. Um, and then so I, with my, you know, mental health background and stuff like that, I was like, I'm going to be a psychologist and I'm going okay. to counsel people and I'm going to help people come out of like depression and anxiety. And I'm going to like be able to like walk alongside them and stuff. Um, and that is like where I was like pretty much like settled on staying mm. And then I went to Christ for the Nations Institute. And um, I think like there was like at one point during a, a, a camp in high school where they were like asking and they were like, you know, doing like kind of like an altar call kind of thing. And mm-hmm. was like, you know, if you feel called to like ministry, like, would you stand up? We want to pray for you. And I think and I stood up uh, my senior year, my last camp. And I was like, you know, I kind of feel like I want to go into ministry. I don't know what that looks like, but like, I think I always like had this like heart to like, you know, preach the gospel and like tell people about Jesus and stuff like that. I just didn't know like what that looked like. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, like I went into teaching and then I went to psychology and then I went to Christ for the Nations and then that, um, that memory like popped back up and I was like, Mm. You know, I think I've always wanted to do ministry. I just didn't think that, like, I, you know, at that time, I think what was holding me back was, like, I didn't think that I was good enough. And I was, like, like, you know, I have, yeah, I have, like, all of this, like, baggage and all of this, like, you know, sin that I've been, like, covering up and, like, you know, dealing with. Like, I can't, I can't go into ministry. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I can't teach, like, kids. Like, I can't teach teens. Um, I'm exactly what, like, they tell their kids to stay away right, from. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and just like through this whole process of like, you know, learning my identity in Christ, you know, obviously like none of that's true. And like, I can yeah. still be used like some of like the worst people in the Bible were used, you know, For sure. Paul, great example, you know, but, um, I decided that I wanted to go into ministry when I was at, um, CFNI and I decided I wanted to go into youth ministry because, uh, like going to high school, I, I don't think that I was taught enough about the things that I was actually struggling with, like Mm -hmm. mental health and, you know, the whole purity culture thing and like, you know, staying, you know, pure before marriage and things like that. And that wasn't taught to me in like a loving way. And so once I had done these things and I had committed these sins, I was like, you know, I was so shameful and I was like, Mm -hmm. I, like, I can't, I'm not good for anything. Like I'm completely used up. I'm dirty. And like, nobody told me, like taught me like what to do, like out of that. They were like, you know, don't do this, but they never told you the why. And so Mm. I want to go into youth ministry because I want to be able to like teach kids the why. Like I want to like, I want to like help them like understand their identity in Christ and like find out who they really are and like how much like, a God like loves them and cherishes them. And, you know, it, I, I've all, I think, I, th- I think personally, as I've like come to like go into youth ministry a little bit, um, the younger generation has like s- so much, like, I think there's so much potential in our, in the younger generation and like coming up, like, you know, Gen, Gen Z, is that what we are on? Uh, <laughs> yes. You might yeah. actually be Gen Z. A- am I Gen Z? I thought I was 22. millennial. Maybe. Well, you're, so you were born in 99? hmm You're probably still in the window. I think 99 may be the cutoff, actually. Like 2000 or 2001 starts. Cool. Yeah. So okay. I'm in the middle. Right there. You're in. Barely, barely there. Yep. But, you know, I think that there's so much, like, a lot of, like, Gen Z, like, shows, like, so much, like, Christ-like character. Mm. And it's you kind of have to dig for it a little bit, you know, if you are only looking at like secular culture. Um, yeah, you got to peel but, back the layers of like Snapchat yeah. and Twitter and like yeah. <laughs> you, technology. You, you got to look for it right. kind of, but whenever you like look at it and you like actually give like, mm-hmm. you know, teens and like young adults and like that kind of like generation, like a chance, like you see that they're so much more empathetic right. than, you know, like the older generations are, you know? And I think that, having that empathy is like they're they're learning the love of christ and like that's something Mm. that i think is like completely missing from the world like it's there's such a lack of love in the world and i so 
yeah, I just, I think that there's like so much potential in Gen Z and like, I want to be able to like walk alongside them and like yeah. be a mentor and like teach them and like show them and like lead them like to, to Jesus. And so like they have like a short following and they know where they're going. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I think that's awesome. pretty much it. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, well, I'm really excited to see what, uh, what happens. Like I said, we're getting ready. Um, I said on the front end, we're getting ready to go to camp and um, yeah. we're finally kind of done with our planning phase and we're ready to, to execute and do ministry. And, and of course we've had a few uh, events. I got to know a few people, but um, I'm excited to see kind of what this summer has in store. And I yeah. uh, just continue to affirm, you know, the transparency you demonstrate. And, and of course, you know, not everybody needs the whole story uh, all the time. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm I'm really impressed with the way that you articulate God's role in in your whole story, and I think there's there's such a gift to our young people to be able to see somebody just a few years older who yeah. um, can realize where they've stumbled and realize where God has picked them up. Yeah. And so I'm really excited to see how you make connections and, and do ministry this summer. Yeah, and I really wish that I could like articulate better like the amount of like greatness that like God has done in my life, but like. You know, it's hard to like describe, you know, God sometimes it's like, yeah, there is some mysterious element to it. Certainly. You know, yeah. Um, but, uh, we try, right. And that's, yeah. that's all we're doing. Yeah. That's all we Every can do. Every time is, like, we get together try. is we're trying to point to a mysterious God who mm. is love and we don't know how much more we can say, <laughs> yeah. but we're trying to experience that God of love together. Um, so I just, I appreciate what you bring to the table for us. It's of awesome. Course. I'm excited to be here. Very cool. Well, thanks, Taryn, and we'll see you guys next week.